to worship together. We thank you for the Sabbath. Lord, we thank you for electricity, power. Lord, I pray that uh, we listen to the message today. We ask that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. It wouldn't be my words, but it would be yours. Stir in each of our hearts a desire to want to know you more to want to sense your presence and live according to your word. Lord, bring revival to our church. Give us uh, a new outlook on, uh, on life, one that m- follows more closely with your word. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I did some leg exercises yesterday, so I'm just going to stand in one spot as, as I preach today. <laughs> so my legs are really sore today. <laughs> but um, praise the Lord that he gives me the, <clears throat> the ability to be able to exercise <clears throat> Not everybody has the ability to be able to do that, and he's given that uh, to me and to, I'm sure, many of you as well. And uh, But I'm going to praise him standing in one spot today rather than pacing around here. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, thank you for the beautiful... Uh, both songs, both of them, beautiful. Thank you so much for that. So, four-sided goals for 2020. What are... Whether you have written them down or whether you've... Uh, just... Uh, well, yeah, so we all have goals, but uh, in the new year, we often call those goals uh, New Year's resolution. And um, statistically, they say that the majority of people will will have uh, will make New Year's resolutions, and by January 21, the majority of those people have forgotten about those or have not continued moving in that direction. And even more by the end of January. 
have forgotten about those. And so I don't want to be one of those people who makes a goal and then forgets about it. I want to be someone that follows through. Especially when those goals are related to my walk with God. We've all made goals in our, uh, for our, our relationship with God that have fallen through from time to time. Some of them big, some of them maybe smaller. To the point to where we sometimes even doubt our own sincerity in, in, uh, in those goals, in future goals. The book Steps to Christ calls it, uh, we make resolutions like, uh, our, our, sorry, our, our resolutions are like ropes of sand. We make them and then they just fade away. But today we're going to talk about three goals. Next time we'll talk about three more goals. So six total. I'm going to give you all six right now. Six today. And you'll see a common theme. I think in these they're all related but a little slightly different uh, but if you were to boil it all down you could really say it's one goal <laughs> but to divide them out number one seeking God's presence through prayer seeking God's presence through prayer number one number two seeking God's glory through prayer number Three, seeking God's companionship through prayer. And then the other three that we'll talk about later, not, this, not today, seeking God's confidence through prayer, seeking God's compassion through prayer, and seeking God's power through prayer. And so what common theme do you hear? Prayer, right? Seeking God through prayer. And um, not, not that many of you have not done that in the past, but uh, we want to do it more. How do we view prayer in general? What is the purpose of prayer? Is it just to present our requests and our petitions and our problems in a presentable fashion to God so that he will hear us? Is it to become aware of God's answers and guidance? He doesn't instruct us to pray without ceasing so that he can be the genie that fulfills our wants and needs. The purpose of prayer goes much deeper than that. Prayer is a way to maintain constant and meaningful communion with God. It's about knowing Him. It's about worshiping Him and loving Him. It's about adoring Him for who He is. And having a deep and passionate, intense relationship with Him. If these things don't summarize your walk with God, I want to encourage you to make these a part of your goals for this new year. To make it a lifestyle that you would have that deep, passionate, intense relationship with Jesus. That he's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning. And you can't wait to talk to him. That he's the last thing on your mind before you fall to sleep. 
And then as you dream, no matter what dreams, kind of dreams that you may have, God is the focus. God is your protector. Even praying in our, pray- in our dreams. Through prayer, we become aware of God's presence, His activities and will. We become aware of His grace, and we become aware of everything that has to do with our Heavenly Father. Prayer, it glorifies God by demonstrating the dependency that His children have, or that His children show towards Him. Through it, we experience divine forgiveness. We experience power. We experience wisdom and joy and love. We experience compassion and confidence. Prayer is a mystery to most of us. Even more so to the, the uh, non-believing world. We say we understand prayer, and I think we do to a, to a degree. You may even say that you know how to pray, and I think to a degree we probably do. But we don't know how to pray as we ought. Prayer is not about <clears throat> a bunch of flowery and elaborate words. You've probably heard somebody pray before and you say man that person can pray I wish I could pray like them well I I would say that the more you pray the more passionate your prayers would become because they're coming from the heart but it's not about those elaborate and flowery words that God is looking for it's about the heart How is your heart when you come to God? Are you in a rush? We should come to God humbly, surrendering our will to His, surrendering our sins to Him. Did you know when you surrender your sins to Him, it's like a sweet-smelling savor to Him? I'm sure you've walked into the, uh, maybe a, candle section of the store and you catch a scent and you're like oh that smells good with Jesus when we surrender our sins to him it's like a, a sweet smelling savor sweeter than the sweetest smell that you've ever smelled and so the first thing here the first goal is seeking God's presence through prayer God has always God has always a hunger for, or sorry, a hunger and a desire to be with us, to be in, uh, in our presence and for us to be in his presence. Creation is about God being with us. The sanctuary is about God being with us. Jesus is also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's right. When Jesus went to heaven, He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. The second coming is about the ultimate presence of God with his people. And the most fundamental want and desire that he has is to be with you and me. The Old Testament, when you look look at the whole Bible, there are many things that that tell us these things. But uh, the Old Testament specifically 
tells us many ways that he let his people know that he wanted to be among them. Through the pillar of cloud by day in the wilderness there, if they ever wondered if they were heading in the right direction, all they needed to do was look up. Through the pillar of fire by night, if they were scared at night by possible uh, enemies lurking in the darkness or wild animals out there to attack them, all they didn't need to worry because all they needed to do was look at that pillar of fire and be reassured that God's presence and his protection was there. Didn't need to be afraid of the dark because this fire gave them enough nightlight to comfort them. Also through the tabernacle that went, th went with them in their 40-year journey through the desert. Through the illuminous cloud that hovered over the Ark of the Covenant. And through a whole succession of prophets that spoke his word to the people. All this in the Old Testament. God is wanting to tell us. He's wanting to remind us. He wanted to remind them that his presence is with us. That he wanted to be among us. He said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. What about the New Testament? Well, the New Testament begins with offering his, us his presence in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. He was to be called Emmanuel, God with us. John tells us, in, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In John 1.14. Theologians uh, call this the incarnation, which means God putting on human flesh and living with his people. He presents, or his presence, sorry, through Jesus was very powerful. It transformed ordinary sinful people into apostles who turned the world upside down, we're told in Acts 17, verse 6. Just by his presence through Jesus. But as powerful as God's presence through Christ was, it still lacked something. Jesus' ministry on earth lasted only about three and a half years, of which he never left Palestine. And so he only was able to reach a small amount of people on the earth while he was here. But you see, Jesus, he gave a promise. Remember he said, it's good that I go away. Jesus promised his disciples in John 14, 16, and 17. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Then shortly after he ascended, that promise was fulfilled. On the day of Pentecost, God sent the Holy Spirit to take up permanent residence in the lives of his followers. Friends, are there any followers here in this room? God is with you. The moment you bow to Christ and become his God fills you with his Holy Spirit. His presence is with you. As time passes, you grow to realize that you are never alone. God's presence is real. And he wants you 
to understand it. He wants you to feel it. He wants you to notice it. It's with you. He is with you wherever you go. If you're unaware that God exists, maybe you have been in the past, if you are unsure that it is possible to feel God's presence, then ask God. Ask God this year. Say, Lord, if you are real, God, if you are real, reveal yourself to me this year. Show yourself to me. God, if you want me to feel your presence, if you want me to sense your presence this year, please help me to see it. And not just this year, but today. I often pray, Lord, help me to see you working all around me. Help me to see your presence today. Lord, I need your presence. I need to know that you are near. Every once in a while, one of my kids will have a bad dream. And they'll come in the room. They want to be close. They want to feel safe. We're no different. We want to feel close to God. We want to feel safe. We want to feel connected to Him. When you practice being aware of God's presence, you pick up on His signals throughout the day. Maybe at work, maybe at home, in your car, wherever you are, you begin to dialogue with the Lord. You share your heart with Him, and you know that He is listening. It has nothing to do with being in a church building, or being on your knees, or using beautiful words. Let's make this year... A time when we practice God's presence in our life. Really paying attention to God being in our life. How would your life look different if you really started to practice this? Made it a, a goal, made a plan to practice this in your life. How would your life look different? When temptation arises, when you're tempted to respond critically to someone, or to respond unlovingly to someone, how would you respond differently if you knew Jesus was right beside you? Or some other sin or temptation in your life, how would you respond if you knew Jesus was right there? Because he is wanting to draw you close to him. The second one here, seeking God's glory through prayer. John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Without Christ, we are not capable of doing anything. 
But according to John 15, verse 5, God intends for us to do great things, bear fruit. Bear much fruit. So how then do we glorify him? Jesus gives the answer in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Is this not praying? This is how we talk to God. This is how we ask through prayer. So we pray. We ask God to do for us through Christ what we cannot do for ourselves, and that is bear fruit. Verse 8 gives the result. It says, By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So how do we glorify God? Bearing much fruit. That's what this says. And we do that through prayer. But not just sitting in one place and praying, but putting legs on our prayers, I heard someone say it. Now you pray for, uh, you know, some people pray that God will help the poor. Well, put legs on those prayers and go help them yourself through God's power. Don't pray for someone else to do what God is wanting you to do. In other words. Prayer is the open admission that without Christ we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that he will provide the help that we need. Prayer humbles us as needy and exalts God as wealthy. We need to recognize that we are poor. He is rich. Failure in our prayer life generally reflects our failure to know God. Our failure to know Jesus. Christians who spend time in prayer do so because they see that God is a great giver and that Christ is wise and merciful and powerful beyond measure. And they see that their prayer glorifies Christ and honors the Father. You know, the, the chief end of humanity is to glorify God, is it not? Therefore, when we become what God created us to be, then we become a people of prayer. I want to be known as a people of prayer. I want people in our community to know that we are a people of prayer. Prayer is the essential activity of waiting upon God, acknowledging our helplessness and His power, calling upon Him for help, seeking His counsel, seeking His mercy. 
Prayer is the antidote for the disease of self-confidence that opposes God's goal of receiving glory by working for those who wait for Him. What was the first one? Seeking God's presence. Second one, seeking God's glory. Third one, seeking God's companionship through prayer. And we're told that prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. God created mankind to thrive on companionship. Children love to play with their friends. Adolescents love to socialize. Adults maintain uh, relationships with friends and with colleagues and make, a life, uh, make lifetime commitments to, to their spouse or to their children. But no matter how deep your friendships and your relationships with someone might be, at some point you realize that it is not enough and that there is still an emptiness inside. Human companionship is not enough. Although human companionship is needed, it's not enough. Even the best of friends can't be with you all the time. They move away, they fade away, or they die, sometimes unable to understand what you're going through. They aren't always faithful and dependable. If you try to meet, uh, if you try to meet all of your companionship needs in human beings, then you are doomed to be disappointed and left with a void that only God himself can fill. But God does not expect us to have only human friends. This text was mentioned in the children's story, Proverbs 18:24. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Closer than a dog, too, from the children's story. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many of you want a friend like that? Hebrews 4.15 tells us that Jesus, having been tempted in every way, is just as we are. He understands us completely because he can relate to us. Psalms 121 verse 3 says, He who watches over you never sleeps. I should hear some more amens. Let's try this again. He who watches over you never sleeps. He's, he's always there. Do you recognize that he is there? Do you live your life like he is there? Sometimes. <laughs> your heavenly friend, he listens. He freely communicates with you with no barriers. He's never too busy to take your call. And yet you don't even have to get your phone out. Matter of fact, you should probably put your phone in the other room while you do it. When he expresses affection, he means it. He is patient with your immaturity. He forgives 
you when you wrong him and he stays committed to you even though you ignore him for long periods of time. He is always faithful. Amen? You see, these goals aren't going to just happen because you make them. You see, when you make a goal, you have to make a plan to meet that goal. Any project manager or uh, leader will tell you that. You have a big goal. You need smaller goals to reach that, but you also need smaller goals and smaller goals and so that each small goal leads to the next bigger goal until you've reached the ultimate goal. And so if you just leave here saying, I want to pray more, that's not going to happen. How many times have you said that? I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to start getting up in the morning earlier and doing my devotionals more. I'm going to get connected to God this year. This is going to be the year that I'm going to strengthen my relationship with Him. But those goals, they just, they flounder because there's not a plan. How many of you have gone on a, a, um, on a vacation before? Anyone? All right, good. Some of you need to go on a vacation now probably. But how much planning went into that? Weeks? Months? You made a plan. You planned out what you were going to do, when you were going to do it. Planned out how much money you would need, where you're going to stay, how you're going to get there, how long you're going to be gone. All these details went into place, but yet when it comes to our walk with God, when it comes to our devotional time, our prayer time, we just kind of wing it. And we wonder why we struggle so much. Make a plan. Daniel had a plan. He prayed three times a day. Doesn't mean you can't be flexible with that plan, but make a plan. Sometimes God leads you in a different direction for some, of that, uh, for some of those things. But make a plan. Carve out some time in your day. Be like Daniel. Carve out three times. The Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, a few years ago had a, a plan to carve out two times in the day. 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Seven days a week. 777. Remember that? Back in 2010? You probably set your, your alarm on your phone to remind you to pray. Let's get back to doing that. Let's get back to making a plan for our prayer time and what we're going to pray for, how long we're going to spend in prayer. You know, I believe that if Jesus... We're here personally in the flesh. I believe he would want to say this. He would say, I want 
to relate to you. I want to relate to you as your forgiver. I want to relate to you as your Lord. I want our conversations to bring you comfort and peace and joy. I want to be your best friend. I want to follow you around all day. And I'd like for you to think about me all day. Wherever you go and whatever you do, I will be at your side. I'll be there to help you, to help point you in the right direction, to help you reach others for me, to help you tell others about me. I want you to discover my presence in your daily life and I want you to bear fruit because in glorifying me, you are fulfilled. I am going to be your companion. You see, when it comes to perfect vision, twenty twenty vision, we don't want to get to twenty twenty one a year later and have regrets of things that we could have, should have, and would have done if we had have known. Whatever, whatever it is. How many of you have said, man, I wish, uh, I wish I could go back to when I was younger and know what I know now. Don't let 2021 be that way for 2020. I believe with these four-sided goals for perfect vision, I believe when we practice these things, God will help us. He will shape us individually. He will shape us as a church body. He will shape us as a community. We will thrive. We will grow. Revival comes only in answer to prayer. How many of you want to make these goals a part of your life this year? Make a plan when you leave here. Make a plan. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, ch the chance to go over some goals for this year. Lord, I ask that you would not let us end the day without having a plan in place to start off tomorrow. Lord, if we say we'll make the goals or plans tomorrow, tomorrow usually never comes because it's always tomorrow. Help us to start today. Lord, give us perfect vision <laughs> through prayer. How you see us. How we see others. How we see the world through your eyes. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we, we pray. Amen. Amen.